We're going to pick it up from Daf Mem Gimel Amid Aleph, top of the line, top of the page. So what the Gemara said was that the Pasuk says regarding a Nazir, it says, lo it says, lo and lo yavoy. So which means that there's a special Isser for him to not allow to be contaminated to the dead, but also lo yavoy, which means that he's not allowed to enter a house with a dead body. So at first we thought the Gemara was saying, the Gemara, the Havamina was, that if a Nazir... Uh, contaminates to the dead, and then contaminates to the dead again. He's not going to be punished twice because you can only uh, you only tell me once, no two sets of lashes. Except if he contaminates to the dead and then goes into an oil, enters into a an area, the airspace of a dead body. Although he's already tame, it's exerisakosiv that you're going to get two sets of lashes. So the Gemara said that doesn't make sense. Why? So the Gemara says you're right. So Rabbi Yechon said kan is kan which means. The case where you're getting two sets of lashes is where you're tahar and you're entering the house. So you're becoming tame and you're entering the house. Lo yatame and lo yave is happening simultaneously. If you were already tame and then entered the house, you're not going to get a second set of lashes. But you're entering the house, which means you're becoming tame and you're entering at the exact same time. So both happening simultaneously. So you're chayv. Chayv two sets of lashes. So the Gemara over here for the beginning of the daf. Is going to be asking that it's not hyper, happening simultaneously. When you walk into a house or you open the door, so your hand is entering the house. Your hand is already tame. So you're already tame there. So you're already tame there. And once your hand is tame, your whole body becomes tame. So you're tame then. And then two seconds later, you enter the house. So layave and layatame are not happening simultaneously. So why is it, uh, right? We said if you're already tame when you enter the house, you only get one set of lashes. But when the tuma and the bia happen at the exact same time, you get two sets. So the Gemara is asking, how is the Metsias? But by Nami, when you enter the house, how is it the same time? When you put your hand in, your hand becomes tame, your body becomes tame. So you're already tame. And then you enter the house. It's a second later. So it's not happening at the exact same time. Because the tuma happens when you open the door. And the the Torah happens when you open the door. And the entering happens a moment later. So the Gemara says, The cases where you're opening with your hands against your body. So your, your hand is not opening, the door is open. So you're just walking in. So the Tumah and the entering happen at the same time. The cases where you're extending your body, meaning you put your arm against your body, so your arm's not going in first, so the Tumah and the bee is happening at the exact same time. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. What about your nose? Right, when you walk in, Jews have noses. Pronounced noses. Which corresponds to uh, 26, two yuds and above, Shem Havaya. So, your nose sticks out. So when you walk in, your nose, you become tummy when your nose goes in, but you're only entering the house when your body goes in. A moment later, so it's not at the same time. The answer is, you push your body back a little bit, so your nose is held back a little bit, so that your body is entering at the exact same time. No body part is going in before the before the, the, the chest, the main part of your body. So Mara says, wait a minute, I should lay out it's bossy to cry What about your toes? Nachasutomi, your toes go in, so you tell me then, but you only consider entering when the majority of your body enters, which is a moment later. papa. So what's the case? So basically we're about to buy a kasha. What's the case where you're entering the house and you're becoming tummy at the exact same time? So the Gemara says, the cases where you enter the house in a box. 
So you're not considered to enter the house yet because you're in a separate oil and you're not tummy because the box protects from tumma. But then, you and your friend remove the 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 the, uh, the bottom of the box. So now you're exposed. So at the exact same time that you become tume, it's as if you enter the house. So that's where the tumma and the bia entering the house and the tumma happens happens at the exact same time. Because if the tumma is already there and you walk in, you, your feet are going to become tummy before your body. The case is where you entered in a box and then the box, the bottom of the box was opened by you and your friend. The reason why you have to be involved or else because you won't get lashes unless you did it on purpose. You have to be involved. So you and your friend open the bottom of the box. Oh, so that's a case where the tumma and the bia happen at the exact same time. My Bravashi has another solution. The cases where you enter the nazar entered the house when the person was uh, he was a geisus. Geisus means he's in the throes of death right before he died. So you enter the house when he didn't die yet, and then he died when you were there. So that's a case where the death and the entering are considered happening at the exact same time. And while you're sitting there, he dies. The So that's an example where you enter the house with a tumma and entering being in the house happened at the exact same time. Okay. So the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says... Okay, the Gemara says like this, Tan Rabbanon, the Pasuk says, Lehi This is a Pasuk that's describing a Kaya not contaminating. It says, Lehi Chaloi, to means to, to profane yourself, to make yourself like a Bizayon for a Kaya become Tame. But the Gemara is picking up, Lehi is also from a Lashon of Chalo, which means a dead body, meaning, Ad Shashayamas. This is the source that a dead body only transmits tumma when you're actually dead, meaning a person who's dying doesn't give off tumma, a person who's sick doesn't give off tumma, it's dafka dead, why? Because lehei chaloi is from a halal, which means a dead body. An empty, you know, empty space, which means a dead body, a slain person. Rabbi Oimer, he has a different source that teaches you the same thing, that a person only uh, transmits tumma when they're dead, is b'moysim yitama. In their death, they contaminate. So you have two opinions, they're both saying the same thing, which is that a person only gives off tumma when they're dead, not when they're sick or they're dying. It's either from lehi or b'maysam. So the Gemara says, what's the difference between these two opinions? Rav Yechon says nothing. There's no halachic difference. They just have different sources. Rish Lakish says, no, there is a difference. What's the difference about whether you learn out that tumma transmits from the dead body from b'maysam or lehi the difference is whether a geis is someone who's in the throes of death. Does someone in the throes of death, does he transmit tuma? If you learn out from bimosam, you have to be dead. If it's lehi which means slain, lehi could be used, a halal could be a terminology used for someone who's dying. So if someone is about to die, does he transmit tuma? So if it's lehi yes. If it's bimosam, no. That's what the Gemara wants to say. Lamandar mechaloi afilu geisus. If you say it's lechaloi, then that means that it includes a geisus. Okay. Now, pause. Remember that. that now, right now we're saying that according to um, according to the Tanakama, lechaloi, that would mean that a geisus also transmits tumma. The problem we're going to have is later on we're going to show that that's not true. But let's get there yet. So, so the one who says, the Tanakama who says that the law of tumma goes from a dead body is lehi what does he do with the word b'maysam? The answer is, he uses that for Rebbe, he's teaching the Tanya, Rebbe uses b'maysam to teach you a separate halacha, the Pesach says that a nazir is not let to contaminate tumma when with the dead b'maysam, 
that teaches you that a Nazir is allowed to contaminate with the Tsaras or the Ziva of his family members. Meaning, a Nazir is not allowed to come close to a dead body. But he's allowed to become Tameh in other Tumas. Let's say there's someone who's uh, tests Tsaras. So if you touch someone who has Tsaras, you become Tameh for that day. A Nazir is allowed to contaminate. Meaning, a Nazir's Isser is Dafka contaminating to dead. But other forms of Tumah, there's no Isser. That's B'maysam, that the type of Tumah, that's Asr, is B'maysam. And Lamanda Amr B'maysam, so that's so the one who says he uses b'maysam to teach you that there's only an iser tuma on misa, not other forms of tuma. So what is the one who says b'maysam who uses that to tell you that the dead bodies give off tuma when they're dead, not when they're dying? So how does he know that a nazir is allowed to contaminate to other forms of tuma? The answer is The answer is. He learns them both out from B'maysam. Because if it was just teaching you that the dead give off Tuma when they're dead, it could have said B'mos. The extra Mem, Shamina Tarti. The extra Mem teaches you something else and teaches you that there's only a Tuma from a dead body. There's no Isser of Tuma from a, from a, a Nazir is not Osir to contaminate uh, for someone who has Saras or, or Ziva or other forms of Nida and those type of things. Okay. The one who says what is the one who, the Rebbe who uses the source from Mosam, what does he do with the word Lehi So this he uses for what we had yesterday. He uses Lehi for what we had yesterday. That is, that the Isser of Nazir of being Tom is to profane himself. But if he's already profane, meaning if he's already Tomei Meis, there's no Isser, there's no lashes. For a second Tumas Mace. There's no you're not once it, you're already Tummy Mace, there's no there's no punishment for being Matama a second time, as we had yesterday. I the Tanakama uses Lehaloi to teach you that Tuma only gives off from those that are dead. How does he know that halacha? because it could have said The extra vav teaches you both halachas. Okay. Now we said before that the difference between the Tanakama and Rebbe, of whether you learn out that a dead body gives off Tumah, not before that is from Lehei or B'maysam, is that Lehei would intrude a ga- include a Geisus, which means that a Geisus, someone who's in the throes of death, gives off Tumah. The problem is that's not true. The Brises clearly states that a person does not give off Tumah until his soul departs. Even if he's fatally wounded, even if he's in the throes of death, he doesn't give off Tumah. I thought you said that the one who says lehichaloi means that includes a geisus that a geisus does give off tuma. This one says he doesn't. So what's going on? The answer is The answer is he doesn't give off tuma. A geisus doesn't give off tuma until he dies. But a geisus is lehichaloi. It's an iser doraisa. Meaning, all Rebbe meant, all all Rishlakish meant was that according to Rebbe, who uses it lehichaloi. A geisus is included. It doesn't mean that a geisus gives off tumma. You don't give off tumma until the body dies. But once he's a geisus, if a kayan comes close there, if a nazir becomes close to a geisus and touches a geisus or comes in the airspace of a geisus, then he's going to be over a deraisa because it's considered profaning yourself. It's not tumma. There's no tumma. He's not metame, but he's over Okay, go to the next page. Amrav Chizdamarav, a new teaching. We know that a kayan is allowed to contaminate to his uh, seven relatives, his father, his mother, his brothers, children, his wife, sister, if she's single, also to a mace mitzvah, but let's focus on the family member. says the Gemara, if the father's head was cut off, was decapitated, he can't go to the funeral. Why? 
It's a special kasef of my time. You're only allowed to go to your father and all the, the relatives, according to this, according to Rav, when the body is complete. But if the body was cut up or is not shalim, if a limb was cut off or a limb was missing, or if the head was missing, even if the head is still there, meaning it's just you have a, a body and a head, you're not able to contaminate to the to the to the father because he's not considered a father unless he's shalim. And over here he's chaser. Okay. Fine. So the body has to be complete. So Rav Nuna was shocked by this. He's saying that if the father's head is cut off, he can't go to the funeral. So Elamiata, what happens? If the Kayan was traveling in Pixadarvis, which is like a, a desolate area, it was a dangerous area. And thieves beheaded the Kayan's father. And the Kayan's father's body is in a dangerous area. The son can't go get him. Meaning he's basically saying it's like, it's crazy. Like the father's... He died, just his head was cut off, oh, I can't go. So what, what do you do if the father is in a dangerous area? How are you, you going to get to him? So the Gemara says, Rav Chizda said, well, I was talking about contaminating for a father, but if the father, if no one can get him, then he has a status of a mace mitzvah. I Meaning if he's in a dangerous area, no one's willing to get him, then he's a mace mitzvah. And a mace mitzvah, he definitely can go even if the body is cut up. Meaning if the father's head is cut off or he's missing a limb, right, that he's not considered shalom, so he's not considered your father, he's considered like someone else. So you can't go to the funeral. But if he's a mace mitzvah, a mace mitzvah by definition is someone else. So a mace mitzvah is more inclusive. That's his point. A mace mitzvah means anyone who, you, anyone who no one's going to bury, you're allowed to go contaminate for. So of course a father who has a head cut off is definitely not worse than a stranger. So of course he could do it. So the Gemara says, wait, why is he a mace mitzvah? The rule of mace mitzvah, I'll tell you how he didn't say, the rule of mace mitzvah is that it's someone who no one uh, no one is going to take care of the burial. Now over here, the case was the father got killed in a dangerous area and his head was cut off. So the son can't go, seemingly, because uh, the father's body is not complete. So he said it's a mace mitzvah. Why is it a mace mitzvah? The, the son can call and pay people that live in the dangerous area to go bury him. So why is it a mace mitzvah? You said I can go because of the mace mitzvah. Technically, why is it a mitzvah? Because I can pay people to get to do, do it, even though my I, the 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 kain himself can't do it, but he could pay people. I miss mitzvah who vatanya ezu mace mitzvah. What's a mace mitzvah? Kol shein lekayven. If there's no one to bury him, kayv achem ayin loy. But if the kain can call and get assistance to have people bury him, ain't a mace mitzvah. So it's not considered a mace mitzvah. So the question is, why is this considered a mitzvah? The son can call someone. So the Gemara answers, The answer is, over there, it's a dangerous area. It's very hard to get someone to go. So because it's hard, it's considered a mace mitzvah. Okay. But we back to the original teaching, which is that if the father's head is cut off, the father's body is not complete, this kain cannot go. Here's the problem. Mesve. The Pasuk says, Lo yitama, that a kain is allowed to contaminate for his sister. Lo hu mitama, he's allowed to go to her funeral, but he's not allowed to contaminate himself for a severed limb. Meaning, that if, let's say, she had a limb that cut off, um, he's not allowed to touch that limb because um, that came off. It doesn't matter whether it came off when she's living or not. Um, that limb gives off toma, and he's not allowed, he's allowed to contaminate her whole body, not to a limb. Okay, then the Brisa continues. Now, I'm sorry. The same way, because he's not allowed to contaminate to a limb of the father, he's also not allowed to contaminate to the limb of the sister. But, this is the point. If after burying his father, he's already tummy, 
he finds out that there is a bone of his father that was missing, he can go back to get it. That's, that's the halacha. Meaning, the father's body, he buried the body, so he became Tommy for the father. And then, meaning, you can't contaminate just for a limb, but if you're burying the body anyway, and then you find out at the funeral that there's a limb missing, you can go get it. Now, let me ask you a question. How are you burying the father if he has a limb missing? I thought the body, you could only, meaning, you told me that Rukhizda said you can only bury the body. Rukhizda quoted Rav, you can only bury the body. If the body is complete, but then the Braisa teaches that if you went to your father's funeral, the Kayan goes to the father's funeral, and the father's the funeral, there's a bone missing, he can go back to get it, because he's already told me. But why could he go get it? I don't understand. If he's a bone missing, then how do you bury the father to start with? So this Braisa clearly indicates that you could bury the father as long as the majority of the body is intact. You don't have to be whole. So where it says, The answer is that Braisa was teaching according to Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda's Ashita is that you're allowed to contaminate even if the body is not whole. Rav was not saying like that. Detanya, Rav Yehuda Oimer, Rav Yehuda says, La mitama mitama He contaminated for the sister, but not for a limb of the sister. He's not allowed to contaminate for a limb of the father, but he's allowed to contaminate for the limb if he already had the cemetery. Meaning, if you went, if you already had the funeral, meaning you went to the funeral for the father and then find out that there was a limb missing, he can go back to get it. I, how do you have the funeral if there was missing a limb? The answer is, the Rav Yehuda holds, as long as the majority of the body is intact, that's Yoytzezan. So, okay, so Rav is not going according to Rav Yehuda. Okay, another kasha. This is the same kasha, same terror. So we're going to have a brysa, which clearly states that you can contaminate for a body that's not whole. And we're going to say, that's also Rav Yehuda. Hatani Rav Kana, Rav Eliezer ben Yaakov. Now this is a little bit of stronger kasha, because it's not just a brysa, because Rav doesn't have to follow every brysa. Rav is a Tanu Pollock, and also Rav has disagreed with Rav Yehuda. But this is Rav Eliezer ben Yaakov. Rav Eliezer ben Yaakov's teaching were usually accepted. So... We think this is going to be. Uh, we think this is going to be universally accepted. The Brisa teaches the name of Rosa Ben Yaakov La Metama that a, a Kayan is allowed to go to his sister's funeral. but he's not allowed to go for limbs that were cut off from her body. Meaning, also Pratlik and a mace. He's also not allowed to contaminate for just a kazayas of the flesh or kazayas netzel, a kazayas of the liquid of a dead body. or dust of the body. But he is allowed to go if. The spinal column and the skull are intact. The Rebbeinyana, the majority of her skeleton, the Rebbeinyana, the majority of her bones are intact. As long as the majority of the body is intact, that's enough. Yeah. I think it's, by the way, I think it's, I think it's either, it's either the spinal column or the skull or the majority of the bones or the majority of the skeletal frame. As long as you have the majority, if you know one of those, that's considered majority. Uh, the art score brings down the reason is spinal column or the skull, the organs contained in these sustain the body. Therefore, it's considered it's considered icker because it has the heart or the or the brain. The majority of the skeletal frame, that's both thigh bones and one calf bone, or both calf bones and one thigh bone, that's the majority of the height of the human frame. And the other one is just majority of the numbers of the bone. So you might think that that's not enough, is inclusive. We'll go to the next one. We'll get to the Mishnah. So you're allowed to contaminate for the majority of her of her body. 
even if a body is not complete. Now that's for a sister. How do I know that applies to the other relatives of the of a kain? How do I know that applies to other people, not just the sister? Well, the answer is very far. The same way a sister is your responsibility, and you're allowed to if it's the majority of the body is intact. So too for the other relatives. Oh, so the question is: This brisa clearly indicates the body does not have to be whole. So how does Rav disagree? The answer is: He never Rav Yehuda. That brisa also follows Rav Yehuda, meaning. You have Rav Yehuda and Rav Ben Yaakov will say the same thing, and that is the majority of the body has to be intact, but the whole body does not have to be intact for the Nazar or the Kayan to uh, for the for the for the Kayan to be Matama. I so who does Rav who says the body has to be whole? Who does he follow? Rav to Amar and he follows the following Tana. The Tanya, the Brisa says, Ma'isa Shemais Aviv Shor Yitzchak beGinzik. The story goes that Rav Yitzchak's father died in Ginzik and was buried there. and they told Rav Yitzchak of his father's death three years later. Okay. Ubo Vishalash of Yeshua, Ben Elisha Vidal Zakinishimai. And his question was they were interning the body, they were moving the body from Chutzlarts to Eretz Yisrael. So the question is that's considered like the funeral. So the question is, is he allowed to go to this funeral? It's three years later, so the body is not whole anymore. So the right they said, Rav Yeshua ben Elisha and the four Zakanim said, La'aviv bismanshu hushalim v'loy bismanshu chaser. La'aviv is only for a body that's complete. Once the body is chaser, you're not allowed to anymore. That's where Rav got it from, and it's not like Rav Yehuda and not like Rav Elizabeth Yaakov. I will stop here. Uh, pick it up on Wednesday, Bezashem.